Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Gabrielle Hartley, the creator of the Better Apart Method. Gabrielle and her best-selling book, Better Apart, The Radically Positive Way to Separate, have been featured in People Magazine, The New York Times, The New York Post, Vice, U.S. News and World Report, and many other media outlets. Everyone's talking about Better Apart. In fact, even Gwyneth Paltrow loves the book and said that it's full of potent tools for you and your family. Now, the Better Apart Masterclass is available to you online. And for a limited time, you gain access to a special one-on-one mini consultation with Gabrielle herself. Using the powerful tools provided in the Better Apart Masterclass, you can begin to get clear, feel better, and reclaim your life. So head over to GabrielleHartley.com and sign up today. Use the code BEYOND25 to receive $25 off the cost of the Masterclass. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. When I left the house uh, and, and made that decision, I wasn't on a path of, okay, how can we get along and how can we co-parent? I was on a path of how can I embarrass her enough uh, and, and make this thing as ugly as possible? And not only that, but show uh, our son what a fraud she was or what kind of, well, the real person she was. And, the, and when I say real, I mean through my glasses at the time. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I am truly excited today to share the story of my guest's marriage, divorce, and subsequent happier life as co-parents and friends. This is a story that divorce attorneys do not get to share very often. It's a story that needs to be told, deserves to be told, and I'm calling it, as I I told my guests, the unicorn divorce because, again, as a divorce attorney for 30 years, this is a story I have not heard very often. In fact, their particular approach is is unique and and full of hope and lessons I hope for all of you. So I have two guests today. They are a happily divorced couple and a couple who say their happy divorce and the ending of their marriage actually brought them together. I love that. That's part of their title. Um, in fact, they shared their experiences, as I just said, in a fantastic book. I've read it twice, and I'll probably read it again very soon. It's called Our Happy Divorce, How Ending Our Marriage Brought Us Together. So please welcome Nikki Depart. DeBartolo, I will re-record this, DeBartolo and Benjamin Heldfond. Thank you for coming today. Thank, Thank you very you much for having us. us. And, and I'm sure she's been called a lot worse. So. <laughs> I, I knew I was going to stumble somewhere, but That's Nikki okay. DeBartolo's and, and uh, Benjamin Heldfond, I am so pleased to have you here. And I have to tell the little story, and you may not even remember it, but the way that I 
met the two of you all I'll say was I was watching television one morning and um, they I saw uh, Michael Strahan on saying, oh, well, I'm going to have this couple on talking about their book, Our Happy Divorce. And I heard it out of the corner of my ear because obviously it was about divorce and I noted it. And then I was on my Instagram feed and I looked down and I had a direct message in my Divorce and Beyond Instagram feed. And it was you guys. What? And I think you were at... Good morning, America, maybe in the green room, getting ready to go on. And you had reached out saying, we like your podcast. We'd love to talk to you about being on someday. And my head went, boom. <laughs> it was like, oh, crazy. That's crazy. That's meant yeah. to be. Talk I mean, be. talk about fate. And yeah. we connected after. I, then I watched your interview and felt even more excited. Um, and then we connected and we set this up. So you were kind enough. You sent me the book. As I mentioned, I've, I've read it twice now. And if you could see it, you'd see that it's underlined and highlighted and circled and starred. Um, It's I love the book. I love so much about it. And I'm thrilled that you're both here. So and I didn't know if you would remember that Good Morning America story. But for me, it was really like, wow, (laughs) you know, talk about the universe. Right. And that's uh, probably exactly what happened, because I know that. when when you're about to go, we, we had done some TV before, but, you know, sort of local uh, uh, morning shows uh, in, in local areas or cities and going on Good Morning America. I mean, talk about fear and, and just, you know, how many people are watching and trying to nerves. get it right and nerves. <laughs> and so I, I know in the green room, you know, it's walking around doing something, trying to find something to do. Uh, to, to keep... Trying to make the kids not annoy us because they kept talking to us and I'm like, Okay, I'm too nervous to listen to you guys right now. I think we might be the only people who ever uh, have been on that show that got their own green room uh, because oh. we brought we brought my two young kids, uh, our son, and, and the two of us. So they, I think they planned ahead of the chaos that was about to ensue in yeah. the background. Well, sure. it was a great interview, and um, I hope that interest in your book uh, went up quickly after that because it's wonderful that you got such a, a you know national or international platform um you were it was a great interview i really enjoyed it and i'm i'm thrilled that we're going to be able you know when you do television like that it's a you know usually a 3 or 4 minute segment and and we're going i already told you when we started taping this will probably go over our my usual 30 minute episode but there's so much. I'm going to hold your book up for the people who are going to be watching this on the YouTube channel. There is so much, not the, a big long book, but there is so much in here that I told you, I think it should be required reading for any couple that is contemplating divorce because you, you did it in such a way that I believe that it was your happy divorce. And I believe and can see that you are together now, maybe more than you might have been at the time of the end of your marriage. No question. No question. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, for anyone who's not watching it on the video, they're sitting in the same room together, taping this. Yeah. that Yeah. (laughs) And then no attempted murder and, and, yeah. and no uh, awkward uh, feelings. I mean, uh, we are truly uh, best friends. And, and, and like the book said, uh, you know, this is a journey of how our divorce brought us closer together and, and respected each other much more. And, you know, the other one we were going to use is uh, our journey into finding a different kind of love. And that's what our divorce, yeah. you know, so we sort of struggled between the two 
taglines. I don't know what they're called, but whatever. But it, it, it's the same uh, outcome. Yeah. Oh, and, and I love that, too, because it, your, your book unfolds as a journey. Um, you, I will say, you know, we, we're laughing and all, but you do share that this was a painful experience. This was difficult. In fact, I have, you know, right in the very beginning chapter, I think it was Ben, your chapter, um, you, I, I've got some quotes here. You said you were living like roommates, that you had stopped communicating and that you were in limbo. And, and any of my listeners know those phrases because I use them all the time because those are the words that I hear from people when they come sit in my office and it's time to end the marriage. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Ben, you also said your first instinct was to inflict pain. Um, and you actually went out and found the shark, right? You hired the shark. <laughs> I did. Uh, didn't just uh, hire the shark. Went out and did some research on who was the uh, biggest shark in the area, um, because I think it's important. And I'm glad you picked up on this because what we're doing now, 13 years later, is a uh, was progress over time. It didn't start off as a happy divorce. You know, I think when anybody leaves a marriage or decides to make that decision. I mean, this is obvious, but uh, it's not because everything's great. You know, someone did something or someone didn't do something or, you know, whatever the ending is, it's not at a good place. Emotionally, uh, spiritually, physically, financially, it's just, it's an awful, it, it has all of those emotions, right? So, so when I left the house uh, and, and made that decision, I wasn't on a path of, okay, how can we get along and how can we co-parent? I was on a path of how can I embarrass her enough uh, and, and make this thing as ugly as possible. And not only that, but show uh, our son what a fraud she was or what kind of what the real person she was. And, the, and when I say real, I mean, through my glasses at the time. Right. right. And my right. glasses Same at the time was it was all her fault. You know, she ended the marriage, uh, her actions. I had nothing to do with it. So I was going to show everybody that. Um, so I went out and I uh, engaged an attorney um, and told him what I wanted. Um, and, and it was just uh, destruction and embarrassment. Uh, and then he in turn took a very nice, big uh, number retainer. Uh, and he wrote a, uh, a week later, he wrote a war and peace uh, manual. Which is probably the same war and peace that he writes for everyone, just changes the right. name. <laughs> We do have that boilerplate right. Lord, piece right. that we they learned in first year of law school. They, they, or they want okay. the easy. They were, so, but uh, he gave it to me. Um, I, for some reason, I didn't read it right away. And I don't know uh, what, what it was. Or I, I carry a backpack around. I have for, you know, 20 years. Uh, and it's sort of like my Linus blanket briefcase. And I put it in there. And it was in there for about two or three weeks. And I didn't read it uh, for whatever reason. And uh, it was on a plane back from New York. I'm not sorry, LA to Tampa. And uh, I picked, pulled it out and I started reading it. And I got about two pages into it. Um, and then all of a sudden it became clear to me. It, it, for, for, I had that moment of clarity where uh, I could see what that path led to. Um, and, and, and the reason is because my parents divorced, which was not a happy divorce. And so at that moment, um, I put it away. I didn't read through it. Uh, like I said, only two or three pages, but I knew the outcome. I'd already played that movie. It was, uh, 
it wasn't my divorce. It was my parents' divorce, but I had played that movie and I knew where that one ended. Um, and, and so I called him on Monday and told him that I was going to find a different way. Uh, and if you could send back the balance of the retainer. And I think I got a couple, I think I got a couple hundred bucks back uh, at that point. So he, he uh, conveniently had spent yeah. quite a bit of money on that war and peace. You know, I ha- you say that about your parents' divorce, and I, I wrote down on that you, you had a little note card in the book, but on the back of it, this was the quote that really jumped out of me. Out of I mean, there are many out of the book, but Ben, you wrote, each parent fed us kids poison, hoping the other would die, meaning your parents fed you and your siblings poison, hoping the other parent was going to die. And that, you know, that's a paraphrasing of a, of, of a famous quote. Right. Um, but that not original. No, no, but well, but you paraphrased it in a way that I thought was incredibly impactful when I read it, um, because it told me just how much your parents divorce impacted you and, and impact me, but also impact me for the good. And, and it's funny cause I, uh, uh, I'm a recovering Jew, uh, but but my mom is uh, Jewish, Jewish, and, and and she has the the Jewish guilt and mother trip. And and then I sent her a copy of the book before we went to print because I wanted her to read it and I wanted her to be okay with it because it didn't. The one thing we didn't want to do, and, and one of the reasons the book is so short is because we don't go in the blood and de- gory details of what happened and who did what. You know, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. But I sent her a copy to read, uh, and she, you know, in her beautiful Jewish mother way calling back and said, I am sorry I screwed up your life. Oh. And my response was, you know, I had to explain to her that if it weren't uh, for what happened and going through what I had to go through, Nikki and I wouldn't have ended up where we are today. Because uh, I made a decision not to repeat the same mistakes. And I also, it was so, uh, there was a little therapeutic part of it too, realizing that my parents didn't sit around the table when they were deciding to get divorced and premeditate and talk about how they were going to screw up our lives and how they were going to use us as blocking and tackling tools or, you know, whatever, you know, they, uh, they didn't decide to put us in the middle of it. It just happened because they were in the space that I was in uh, of anger, you know, resentment, romance, finance, all those buttons that divorce pushes. And they, they were doing it blindly. So it wasn't premeditated. So I had to explain to her this whole thing that this is, if you, I told her, if you could give me a, uh, a crystal ball and have me go back uh, and change what happened, I wouldn't do it. Because I, I am determined and convinced that we wouldn't have the life today that, that we have if, if I hadn't uh, gone through uh, and had that experience with my parents. And I think for me, it was the reverse. My parents, 52 years later, are still married. Mm-hmm. So my driving force was trying to make sure our son's life was as close to the way I grew up. And it's still growing. I mean, I, my parents, luckily, are both still alive and we spend a lot of time together. And, and married. And married, yes. And so it's, I wanted Asher's life to reflect as much normalcy as it possibly could. Like I wanted him to live a normal life with two divorced parents. Yeah. And I was, I was the X factor really quick. I mean, like, I think that I was obviously Nikki, you know, uh, wasn't thrilled and happy at the end of our marriage, but um, I was the loose cannon. Uh, for the most part, um, you know, she, she had her part in the mar- in, in the marriage, but uh, she was a much more, I think, uh, reasonable and amicable about, you know, when we decided. Yes, to I didn't go through this whole, like, no. let's, she knew about let's it. Distort. I did know he was doing it, but I did not do it myself. I was always wondering what that black Lincoln Continental was following me. 
Now I know. The hit squad. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get you. (laughs) Well, but that, and that's actually, I think the significant turning point in your story, Ben, when you called the attorney up, got your $200 back and (laughs) ripped up the war and peace, you reached out to Nikki and the two of you, I saw earlier when we were talking, Ben, I think you have a Starbucks Mm-hmm. In front of you. Yeah. So you two actually sort of instead of sitting by the around the kitchen table, like you said, your parents didn't do you two sat around a Starbucks table and a, over a, you know, venti half fat mm-hmm. latte. Yeah. You two worked <laughs> out raw sugar. Yeah. yeah. No, but you two worked out your divorce together and you reached out to Nikki. And one of the things, Nikki, that really stuck with me when I read it was you said you for the first you know he Ben called and said can you meet me at Starbucks we want to talk and you two had not talked I think for a little while after he left and you had had left you a symbol of the marriage being over Um, and then you pulled up to the the Starbucks parking lot and you talk about sitting in your car and thinking about you parked next to Ben's car. You thought, should I move in case it's awkward to walk out together? Should I just turn around and go home? Or should I get out of this car and go in there and have this unknown talk? You didn't know why Ben had called. No, I didn't. And you know, all those things went through my head because I like confrontation, but I don't like confrontation. So that's, that was, it was, it was scary, but it was more so I had like, it was almost like those butterflies when you go on a first date, but this was like a first date you knew like could go really terrible. I'd like to take a moment now to talk to my mediation colleagues. As many of us are facing the inability to continue our in-person mediation and dispute resolution practices, I want you to know there's an alternative option. Many of you do know that I have a fully online mediation and coaching practice, and for more than two years, I've actually been training other professionals in how to conduct their mediations online through my Learn to Mediate online program. I've always said that the future of mediation and dispute resolution is online, and now, honestly, that future is here. In my two-hour training program, you'll learn the basics of conducting your mediations through an online video conferencing platform, and I'll cover the practical and ethical considerations that you need to know to do it well. Right now, we also have several webinars scheduled, and we offer one-on-one and group trainings by appointment. I've reduced the cost of the webinars to only $299 so that as many of you as possible have access. So go to www.learntomediateonline.com to find out more and register today. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guests, Nikki DeBartolo and Ben Heldfond, the authors of Our Happy Divorce in part one of this special two-part episode. I mean, for me, I kept thinking in my head through this whole thing, like we were best friends when this first started. Like when we first got together and we first got married, like we were best friends. I mean, and I don't, and I don't ever say that that's the way it should have stayed because we would never have Asher if it wasn't for us getting married and having a child. But like, I kept trying to think, okay, we were best friends. Like what, how do we get back there? If you are enjoying this episode, check out The Great Escape, How to Stage Your Exit from an Abusive Relationship, 
with transformation coach Victoria McCuey. They say, oh, I can't believe I was so weak. I can't believe I let myself get into this position. I can't believe that I was so, um, so vulnerable. I go, no, so you were too strong because someone weaker would have, would have bailed, would have walked away, would have said, I can't handle this. But because you are so strong and you wanted so badly to fix things and to make everything work, you stayed and you kept trying. And now we return to today's show. One thing that's important is that after uh, I called that lawyer, I also had a, a clarity that I'd known about myself uh, uh, through, uh, you know, my recovery, quite frankly, and, and some of the, the lessons I've learned in recovery about taking two to make a relationship and taking two to ruin it. And every resentment I have, I have a pardon. And I didn't know, like, I didn't know he was doing any other work on the side, like that kind of like inner work. Right. So you pulled up the coffee shop, knowing shop. that I had hired this lawyer. I heard, like, I didn't know if there were bullets that were going to come at me <laughs> as I was getting out of the car. Well, it took courage just to get out of the car, I think. And it probably took Ben a lot of courage to call her and ask her to come. Well, I had to, I had to come and realize and, and do this work of taking an inventory of my part in the ending of the marriage. And it wasn't my part, but if Nikki had done, you know, it, there was no buts, there was no if onlys, it was just my part. And and, and then I, uh, the, 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 I sort of had to read it to another man. And halfway through it, I had this moment of clarity that, that uh, which I usually do when, when I take an inventory, but it was, I wouldn't want to be married to me either. Right. And it was, it was clear because it was on all these actions that I had taken uh, distance, you know, not being a good husband, not being a good father. Um, and, and, and so that was part of the process is, is we both had to understand. And we emphasize this so much to people who are going through this, that um, it takes two to make a relationship and it takes two to ruin it, no matter what the other person has done. And, and, and I don't know if, but no, I know we couldn't. I don't know if other people could, but I, I know that we couldn't get to the place we were unless we both had that sort of core understanding or came to that understanding that it takes two to make it and it takes two to, to, to ruin it. Um, because cause otherwise you're going to live your life in the past. You're going to live your life, you know, with, with all that stuff and, and, and no happiness, no well-being, no, you know, uh, nothing good happens by living your life in the past. And, and so I, then the next part of it is to make amends and fess up to what I had done. And so that's when I called Nikki and, and, you know, sort of my cryptic dramatic way, just like leaving the ring on the uh, counter uh, on my way out the door. You know, I, I called her and I didn't tell her what it was about. I just said, can you meet me for coffee? I have something I want to talk to you about. And I was like, Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but then, then, you know, I, I, I'll reveal the, the secret here, yeah, but Ben started, you started the conversation with an apology. Yes. And Nikki, I mean, what did that, (laughs) (laughs) but that, I, that to me felt like a pivotal moment in your process. It absolutely it was. was. It absolutely was the most pivotal because it it, it was. Because in turn, I apologized which, for my again, part, which again is probably one of the first only times I've ever apologized. And that's not, you know, was my intention was to get her to apologize. It was my intention was to clean up my side of the street and clean up my wreckage of the past and clean up my wreckage of, of, of the marriage ending. And, you and know. I was selfish. I wouldn't want her to, I wouldn't want it to be married to me either. Right. I and, mean, I was. 
And, and little did I, wasn't I know. I was that young, but I, was, I, I think I acted as if I was younger than I really was. But you were also going through your own process yeah. and going to therapy. And so we were doing this sort of separately because I had called Nick. We never discussed what the, right. each of us were doing. Because after that, uh, I called lawyer, I called Nikki, and I, this is poor, is that I said, I just need some time. I, I don't think I'm in the right place to start talking about divorce or uh, you know, how we're going to do it. Because um, right now I'm not in a good place. And so, you know, there, there'd been some time passed there, but, but by Nikki apologizing to me after I had done, it was like, whoa, you know, this, this is a magical moment. Cause I, what, like, I wasn't going in there with any expectations of her saying anything, uh, but you're still a jerk or, <laughs> or, you know, so, but she then in turn apologized to me. I told her I loved her. Um, and, and I told her that, you know, we need to find a different way to go about this. Cause we, I don't want, uh, like what you went through to happen to him. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and then in that same, so, so you've now had that moment where, which I, I just see the two of you sitting in a Starbucks, you know, with all these people around and the, the half fat mocha lattes in front of you. And you have this, I mean, that is a moment of connection. That yes. is a moment of sharing. So you have to just go, you have to kind of like block out all the people. That right. Come. I mean, luckily we were outside. We were outside, yeah. But there's still people outside. And, and, and it was, it was a pivotal moment, a turning mm-hmm. point in our next chapter, if you will, uh, of our lives, because yeah, it sure. immediately right then when two people truly apologize to each other and get real with each other, and then there's a genuine acceptance of that apology, all of a sudden you've cleaned up the wreckage of the past, like I said, and, and, and then you can move forward and there's so much more room to move forward. And there, but there's also so much more uh, uh, opportunity to be in the moment and be happy. You know, I think as, as human beings, we all have the right, uh, the the capacity and the ability to be happy, but only if we can stay in the now and the present and not live our lives, you know, if in, in the future, out of fear or in the past, out of regret or resentment. So at that moment, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just knew there was like, it felt to me like a ton of bricks had been lifted off my chest. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, we, we, we went into, uh, I don't know, it was just a magical moment. Like you said, it was a turning point, again, not knowing what was going to happen because there still was a lot of, uh, you know, it didn't just click like that either. I mean, after that moment, it just wasn't like, okay, let's okay. go on, you know, <laughs> let's take, let's take Asher to Africa, just the two of us and leave our you know, spouses at home, which we did this summer. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't like that. Like we weren't ready to be best friends yeah. and do all that, but we just knew that there was something special that happened at that, uh, coffee shop. I mean, for me, I kept thinking in my head through this whole thing, like we were best friends when this first started. Like when we first got together and we first got married, like we were best friends. I mean, and I don't, and I don't ever say that that's the way it should have stayed because we would never have Asher if it wasn't yeah. for us getting married and having a child. But like, I kept trying to think, okay, we were best friends. Like what, how do we get back there? Like, because it's there. It didn't like, it didn't go away. No. And, and that's drifted yeah. apart. And I think part of the uh, amends too was, I had to be real with, with, with Nikki and said, I, you know, we went through, or I went through every red light that, you know, whomever you believe in God with a big G or God with a little G, uh, you know, put up in front of us while we were dating. And I think we both did, yeah. you know, we just plowed through these like warnings about, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, whatever came up. And I remember sitting, uh, you know, getting my tuxedo ready. And I, when I used to have hair, doing my hair and looking myself in the mirror and going, 
you shouldn't marry this woman. You shouldn't do this. And, and, and I was sick on our wedding day. She was completely sick and got sick on our, uh, on the wedding day. So, you know, down the aisle, my dad looked at me and he said, you don't have to do this. You know that we can run. Didn't he offer you some money? No, he just said, (laughs) you can run. You don't have to do this. And I was like, no, yeah, okay. And then, and then for years, I mean, we weren't married that long, but, but I think that we were trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, trying to do it and then it, trying harder to do it. Then and, we had this baby. And then getting madder, madder, it didn't, it didn't do it. So, okay, let's, you know, what will make this square peg fit in a round hole. Let's have a baby. But it was the best thing we ever no could have done. And I wouldn't take that but, and anything, but, but the, bra- the thing is you, this, instead of not playing the game and realizing the square peg doesn't get uh, in a round <laughs> hole is we kept on trying and then getting madder <laughs> and madder and madder that it didn't uh, yeah. fit. And then, you know, then, Sooner or later, you just smash the thing and throw it out. And then you just take your ring off and leave it on the You back. got a very banged up puzzle at that yeah. point. But, well, the the next thing that I, I really focused on, and I, and I hear people pay lip service to this concept all the time. I'm, you know, I am a divorce attorney or have been. And people always want to say they want to put their children first. They want what's best for their children. You two, and let's go back to that very yeah. first Starbucks meeting, right after the apologies, you two had a discussion where you agreed that you were going to have joint custody. And Ben, I think you said, great, then we can figure everything else out. And then the overriding, and you read this throughout the book, when you were making decisions throughout, it was always with this, with what is going to work best for Asher, yeah. your son. Yeah. And, and it's just replete through the book. But I truly, you know, I hear it a lot. I don't always see it in how people act. Because it, it, it's simple, right? I mean, I think it that simple. It's, it sounds, it's simple, yeah. but it's not easy, okay? Right? Because of all the emotions that come up, and 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 look, our minds can play amazing tricks on us, and, and can justify any sort of behavior, right? And, and so, uh, I had asked her that question about joint custody and joint, uh, and that's the only thing, you know. The the uh, first coffee shop meeting was an apologies, apologies, amends. Uh, acceptance, um, and then, you know, telling each other we love each other. And then that, that one question of, do you have any problem with joint custody and, you know, joint 50-50? And, and Nikki's response was, absolutely. I, of course, you're his father. I want him in your life. And, and that's why I said earlier that she was so much more amicable and so much more, because she wanted this, you know, thing for Asher uh, that she had growing up, even though we were going to be divorced. And so I said, really, the other stuff can be worked out. I mean, it, it wasn't, like I said, it was not, it was not simple. The concept is easy. I'm, I'm sorry. It was simple. The concept is simple, but it's not easy in practice. Yeah. And, you know, it took a lot of getting back to uh, when we started. So we then went and you talked about collaborative, right? Uh, and I'd done some research before meeting with Nikki uh, and, and talked to her about this collaborative process because it was, it was sort of a newer thing. I don't even remember... Uh, I know it's part of the statute now in, in, in Florida, uh, but it, I don't know if it was back then. I don't either. It, yeah, you probably know, Susan. Right? I don't think, I don't practice in Cal- in Florida, but I don't think it was a, that long ago. I don't think yeah. it was a part of the, the statute. And so I read about it and it seemed great, you know, signing a contract saying you work together. I, I think that we took it one step further 
um, in the sense that we both hired our lawyers. We had our first meeting. And then we, at that same coffee shop, at that same table outside, uh, after a few meetings, we went back and forth. And, and, and you know, truly, um, whether it's financial, custody, uh, you know, bringing people into uh, uh, each other's lives. I mean, uh, Nikki knew that I was probably going to sow some wild oats. Oh, um, and, did. And, and then she asked me, uh, this is a perfect example. She asked me, you know, just to make sure that I don't bring uh, everybody through. <laughs> you know, I make a joke, Mercedes or Crystal or Diamond, um, you know, <laughs> by our son. I have uh, no comments. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and, 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 I feel like it's like every every dude's rite of passage has to go through that, I guess. And, 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 exactly, and I did. And, and, and so here's the perfect response, right? It is when I'm looking at it through ego, and I'm looking through like, not what's best for Asher, but what's best for me. The answer is who the hell are you yeah. to tell me who I can and can't bring around my son, right? Right. Looking at it through a lens of what's best for Asher, she's right. She has a good point. It's not best for Asher for, you know, to meet Diamond or to meet you know, Mercedes or whoever it is <laughs> until I am sure that that person is going to be in his life. And right. so, again simple, not easy. And it took, you know, literally like, okay, we're going to answer this question for what's best for Asher, both in our mind and Everything. maybe, maybe sometimes even out loud, um, you know, the financial, you know, a, a, a settlement is it wasn't me, 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 me. It was like, how are we going to do this? So Asher has a good quality of life at both houses. Um, and, and, and everything up and down the, the, the aisle uh, or up and down the list. And, and we got through it. And, and it was funny because I don't think either of us had the intention of figuring out this whole divorce ourselves at a coffee shop. So when we brought it to our lawyers, um, which, uh, when we brought it to the lawyers, they were like, okay, so you figured it out. Uh, are you like, what do you want to do with this? Right. We're like, you, guys do? Like, you fix it. You write it up. Now put, now put your run-ons and your uh, confusing whereas and if so and whenever uh, into legal language that you went to school for four years or whatever to figure out, um, you know, put it in legal language. And, and so uh, they did that. And uh, sorry, technical we had a little technical difficulty. Little technical difficulties. Hold on. Hey, we got it. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, even at that point, and this is so interesting, uh, is that my lawyer this is collaborative, uh, you know, told me, are you sure? Do you think that if, you know, she's willing to do this, that she might be willing to do this? Like this is, uh, and, you know, I had to be the, the voice, the adult in the room with my lawyer uh, and say, yes, this is what we agreed upon. Draw it up. And ironically, what I had paid this shark lawyer in the beginning to look at all the paperwork, prenups and all that, uh, I paid my lawyer about half of what I paid him to do this, you know, warm piece. I, again, probably pay that guy, if, uh, you know, knowing what I know and learning what I learned would have paid him much more because it, it was, it was too important of a lesson, but just goes to show you that, you know, we did it by ourselves uh, and, and it was inexpensive. And people thought we were crazy. People thought we were crazy. Totally. 
So we're going to pause here in my chat with Nikki and Ben, the authors of Our Happy Divorce, um, but be sure to come back next week to hear the rest of their story. They have so much more to share with you, and there are some developments in part two that truly are really um, the, the core of their story. So come on back next week and hear the second part of The Unicorn Divorce, How Ending Their Marriage brought them together with the authors of Our Happy Divorce, Nikki DiBartolo and Benjamin Heldfond. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.